0: Welcome to another bonus episode of Tim Talk, the podcast infrequently about the DC animated universe, co-created by Bruce Tim. I am Chris Lord. I'm Cameron Dexter. And uh, this week we are reviewing 2019, not for the flaming shitstorm
1: that it was, but just from an entertainment perspective. <laughs> yes. And how even in that, it was kind of a shitstorm this year. It it was a weird year for movies. It, it felt like a very bland year for movies i would agree with that Mm -hmm. yeah because we we initially when we do these lists we normally have a top 10 and i feel like our top tens are usually pretty similar to both between us and between like the public consensus Mm -hmm. but i feel like this year we couldn't even make a top 10 like we struggled to find 10 movies like that qualified to be the 10 best
0: yeah, I there was a lot of stuff I really enjoyed this year, mm-hmm. and I, I think I've talked about it before, my ranking system is like two stars, I didn't like it, three stars, I liked it, four stars, I loved it, mm-hmm. and then five is my favorite movies of all time, and one is Justice League. But this year, it's almost all three-star films. Yeah. Like th- that, That's a wide range in terms of three stars. There's stuff that was like high threes, stuff that was low threes, but... There wasn't anything this year that I had the really strong emotional connection to. With like, I mean, uh, so last year was Love Simon was my
1: top. Nothing mm-hmm. comes close to that for me in terms of just something I really love. Yeah, I mean, we. I feel like our our number one is still gonna be the same because it's the oh, movie yeah. we talked about <laughs> for months on this it podcast.
0: Was, it was this movie in Disney Plus for the two unofficial sponsors of the podcast this yeah, last year.
1: So there's no surprise there. Uh, but yeah, I, when I was trying to make this list, I, I mentioned to you before the podcast already. The idea of like the emotional memory of a film. Yeah. And like, you know, I we, we talk about a lot of movies on this podcast. And I'm sure I in the moment there's a, a lot that I love. Uh but trying to trying to go back to those movies. Like there's a couple that like that emotional uh like what what's a better word than than that? Like the not not a ripple. Like what? R- What's th- another
0: word for ripple than ripple?
1: Yeah, like the uh, hangover. No backlash. Not important. The emotional memory of it, like it just like there's a few words just doesn't stick. Water bark? <laughs> No. Coffee ring. <laughs> no. It's, get off of it. I'm, tried, I'm trying to think of anything that's like vaguely translucent. Well, like no, there's, there's a fray. Like emotional, like whiplash. No, kind of almost. And, I, emotional it begins hangover. With an r and it's not. And it's I, I keep going to renaissance, but that's not the word retention. No, it's not important. It's not important. We have a lot to talk Isn't about. It? Isn't it important though? It is. <laughs> You'll figure it out and then that will be your year word. Yes. Your
0: word of 2019 was whatever you can't remember right now. Always. Uh, all right. So we've got to remember. all. <laughs> Aww, that's the word you're looking for. Your memory. remember all. Yes.
1: It's like, but I can't quite remember what I forgot. <laughs> All
0: right. So we figured we start out with some uh, honorable mentions. Yes. And then we get to our top five and then uh, and some other stuff, including uh, some television here. Yeah. Because
1: so. this, while TV, well, sorry, while movies were mediocre this year, for the most part, uh, TV blew everything out of the water. TV
0: was pretty fantastic. Yeah. yeah.
1: We are we still very much deep in the golden age of, of television mm-hmm. on every front
0: um all right well shall we why don't you start us off Cameron what, what are some of your honorable mentions here
1: <clears throat> uh I have, I have a couple weird honorable mentions I, I tried Surprising to know one that you wouldn't that you wouldn't put on your list okay um well I'll, I'll start with the ones that I'm sure is also on yours once upon a time in Hollywood uh I thought was was pretty good we'll get to that yeah that's on your list that's on my list okay yeah right, well I'll hold off on that one uh knives out okay yeah I had that and I,
0: I took it off my list because we talked about it what last week A couple weeks ago yeah sometime recently it's a great good. movie it's yeah. good
1: yeah and it's i, I think like nearly great mm-hmm. for me and i feel the same way about ready or not which oh was, i just watched that okay yeah it's yeah, it's, it's fun simil- yeah similar kind of i mean this is more of like a horror comedy yeah uh it, but it's it,
0: it was not as comedic as i was expecting it to be it, yeah it's, it's a horror thriller that has a wry sense of humor the whole thing mm-hmm. but i would be hesitant to bill it as a comedy
1: and i'd honestly be hesitant to bill it as a horror like it, it yeah. kind of fell short on on all genres yeah it, it was a mixed bag but mm-hmm. it felt fresh and different and fun though yeah i, I feel like it, it it felt very similar to like tucker and dale
0: okay yeah mm-hmm. um but i mean samara weaving is great in it oh my god she's amazing yeah i think we're gonna see a lot from her mm-hmm. um and i'm sure you were excited to see adam brody on there i was <laughs> yeah i was too he's also really good in that yeah. movie uh, and then I was also randomly excited because the dad of the the family that she marries into is played by an actor I can't remember his name, but uh, he played uh, Kittrick in the original and Impossible movie, and he's like one of those character okay. actors that just never pops up in anything. When he does, I'm very excited to see. I think
1: him. I think this is I think he's also in Bombshell if it's the same guy I'm thinking of. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and then for my weirder picks. <clears throat> Uh, Teen Spirit, I don't know if you saw that one
0: No, which was that uh, one?
1: It's Elle Fanning showing off that she's better than her sister in every way Okay, uh, fair Yeah, it, it's the exact same story as uh, Neon Demon
0: Oh, that's right But instead of being right. a model, now
1: she's a professional singer That's because right Because again, yeah. she's proving to the world that she's better than her sister in every possible way <laughs> She's like, oh, you can just act I can also be a model and a professional singer And a better actress than you mm-hmm. I, I'm sorry, Dakota but <laughs> I heard you can walk on water yeah what 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 walk on water is that a reference to something
0: to Jesus
1: um who famously could quote unquote walk on water yeah I, I didn't I didn't realize we were going that far out. also a reference to the Santa Claus which I watch <laughs> every year yes uh no teen Spirit is her uh kind of selling her soul to win a a singing competition oh okay um interesting it's a cool movie great soundtrack Mm -hmm. uh it's kind of her covering um oh what what's her wow i hate myself for just forgetting her name uh famous miley cyrus swedish swedish not swedish bjork nope uh she sings call your girlfriend and honey And
0: you're throwing contemporary (laughs) songs at me. If you were to start listing Michael Giacchino soundtrack tracks, I can tell you
1: exactly what we're talking about. Married (laughs) life, exactly. Boldly go. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it's a fun movie, but it's it's just kind of like it's worth it for the soundtrack. and then my last weird one I'll, I'll throw out is, uh, Fighting With My Family.
0: I heard that was really good. I
1: really, really, that movie is so much better than it deserves to be. That's what I've heard is that it's got a lot of heart. It's really fun. Um, I've heard Florence
0: Pugh is amazing in it. The, is that? The main actress. Okay. Yeah. Lead. She, she is great. Uh, cause she's also in Little Women and then in Black Widow. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh,
1: I yeah. She's, good year. she's fantastic. Uh, The Rock makes a cameo cause of course he does. Of course he does. We produced it. Yeah. Uh, Nick Frost plays the dad, and he's like, he. I, I don't want to say he steals the show, but mm-hmm. whenever he's in the scene, like I just smile a little bit wider. The man has so much charisma and charm. Yeah. like I love him. That's one where I like that. That almost made top five. Okay, yeah. It, it's a real like that movie. Just it it makes you feel so good at the end. Oh,
0: oh, what a pleasant movie. And I-
1: I'm not a, <clears throat> I. It'd be hard for people to believe that I'm not a wrestling fan. I feel like wrestling and I kind of would go together. Yeah,
0: actually. Yeah. I feel like you should be a wrestling fan. I feel fan. like I should
1: be too. Have you tried it? I haven't. Have and you I think really given problem. it a shot? I haven't.
0: I, I mean, should. Can you squeeze it in amongst your dozen anime shows <laughs> that you're watching every week?
1: Well, so aside from watching wrestling, I found out there's a a wrestling school just outside of LA. That I kind of want to try out. I think
0: you should. I mean, you're a big boxing person, so why not jump it up a little bit here? Do yeah. some wrestling.
1: Yeah, I feel like that'd be a very like weird thing, but also very on brand for me. I feel like you'd have a good build for it too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know how to. I know how to fall properly. <laughs> <laughs> the most important part of wrestling it is <laughs> I mean, yeah, it is falling a huge properly part. is the most important part. <laughs> if you watched Fighting with My Family, you would know that. Yeah.
0: Well, we can all look forward to your wrestling videos on your Instagram this Absolutely. upcoming year.
1: <laughs> well, what are, what are some of your honorable mentions?
0: Um, so I just watched last night Parasite,
1: the oh, Bong yeah. joon Ho movie. Have you seen it? I haven't. So, yeah, so I watched it. It's a, uh, it's really really good. It's yeah, that's I, one that people will not shut up.
0: Yeah, about. I don't want to say too much about it. Like yeah, because I know nothing. Do you want to know anything?
1: No. Okay. So I'll I'll watch it, eventually. It's. When it comes out, and I can watch it with the safety of my house. Okay, let me see, then I'll watch let me see it. how
0: I can kind of give a, a, a very broad description of it. It's a movie that constantly surprised me in a good way. Okay. Yeah, and it has a lot of things to say, and they're really interesting things. Okay. Too. and it looks gorgeous. And what like,
1: was What was the one at the beginning of summer? Midsummer. Midsummer. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't see that one. Okay. Um. I feel like that's the other one where people just like wouldn't shut up about. How good and weird it is.
0: Yeah, I heard that a lot too, and mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't see it. It. It was just a little bit outside of my genre interests, and so I didn't. Didn't quite bother with it. But yeah. I've heard good things. Uh, but I would highly recommend *Parasite*. It's yeah, it's definitely like. Not, I'm not going to call it weird. It's offbeat, mm-hmm. but it it is like, kind of an intense watch. But that is also very simplifying I don't know it's it's weird it's very mm-hmm. complex it's not
1: in English right
0: no okay Korean no, uh, yeah he's a South Korean director awesome. and um no it's it's really really good cool. so I, I I
1: can handle things better with subtitles
0: yeah I, I haven't seen uh, Oakja, which was the last movie he did oh and that was on Okja Netflix was weird yeah yeah and I, I did good, see Snowpiercer but a friend mm-hmm. of mine I was talking to who has seen pretty much all of his <clears throat> work to the Snowpiercer is kind of an outlier because that one's very American yeah well it makes sense that exactly. one's great yeah, yeah really I
1: finally watched it last year yeah
0: um, no, that one's really good. Uh, I'm going to throw out an honorable mention for Teen Titans Go versus Teen Titans. I know we talked about it <laughs> already, but I was looking through like my favorite animated movies. Mm-hmm. And beyond even like the major releases, this, that one, I found the most fun yeah. of all the animated movies. Um, I want to throw out Someone Great. The, I haven't watched that one. So that's the one with Gina Rodriguez and uh, Brittany Snow on... Oh, and the Keith Stanfield. It's on Netflix. Mm-hmm. So... For me, it was the first, ne- like, kind of the first Netflix movie I saw that really felt like it wasn't eighty percent of a film. I think I've talked about this a little bit before. Like, I really liked um, it's *All the Boys I've Loved Before*, mm-hmm. but it felt like it was just—it
1: just didn't quite it, make it, it it was, the finish
0: line. It was going for just like soft swings rather than like doing something kind of bold. And I really, really liked this one. This one to me felt like an actual—and this is not. This is not meant to sound as reductive as it does for what Netflix is putting out, but this is the first one that I watched that felt like a full film. Okay. I feel like some of their stuff feels oh, like, in here. like a step between like a like a Hallmark channel movie and a real movie.
1: Yeah, and I, I feel like that's where they live right now. Yeah, for and sure. I, I think
0: a lot of that's very intentional, and I think it actually works well for them, but this one to me felt like I could have watched it in a theater and really enjoyed it. Okay. And this is putting aside like their more oscar Beatty sort of stuff, like um, Roma, which was one of my favorite movies of last year. That's kind of a different beast, but that one's worth acknowledging. Uh, American Factory, which is a great documentary I saw. It's about um, a factory in, uh, what is it, like Ohio or someplace like that? And it used to be an American automotive factory, and then that got closed down after the recession, and it was replaced by a Chinese glass manufacturer. Okay. And it really ultimately is about the cultural differences, especially the the work cultural differences between the United States and China. Mm-hmm. And it is a movie that any single clip you would pull out would paint either side as being like not in a great light. Like one could maybe watch the clip and be like, oh, this seems like it's a little bit racist towards Chinese culture, but then when you put it in a full context, it's really just about the comparison of the two. Yeah. It's really, really interesting. Okay. Um, I think that also made it out on Obama's movie list too. So, you know, because he and I are so close. Such great,
1: such, such similar great. tastes.
0: Yeah. Uh Britney Runs a Marathon I just watched recently. I love
1: Britney Runs a Marathon. It's really, really, really that was good. A great movie.
0: Yeah. Um, like it's 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 a comedy, but I mean it's I feel like it's like a comedy with a, a lowercase C. Yeah.
1: Sort of like it's, it's comedy with a message.
0: Yeah, it's it's got a, a lot to say. It's very, very, very heartfelt. Um, especially in the end, like it got me tearing up. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, th- there were certain points that felt because it's based on a true story. Like, did, right. did you
1: want to like run after you saw the movie? Yeah, because I I definitely like ran home from the movie theater, and I'm like, I'm gonna run ten miles, and then I never did.
0: Yeah, it definitely it's very inspirational. Yeah, um, th- there are points that felt a little bit force and scripted because it is based on the true story of the a friend of the directors
1: yeah the like the whole romance section of it uh no i was thinking more the the point the
0: typical structural point at the end of the second act when everything kind of goes to oh hell. Yeah. yeah 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 and when britney's at her worst moment which i won't say what that is but i think you know what it is that mm-hmm. dinner sequence that the lunch yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah yeah that
0: to me felt a little too far maybe yeah. but it made up for it in the end which i thought was really really inspirational and really good uh, I want to throw out Hustlers too.
1: Yeah, that? I did see Hustlers. It's really good. Great movie. Yeah, like it's it's funny to see how the recession hit the stripping industry. Yeah, I mean it's again it's a movie
0: about a very specific thing that has a lot to say about our culture. Mm-hmm. But uh, Constance Wu was great.
1: Jennifer Lopez in that movie is incredible. Yeah, like no, not- I mean, we. So the year so 2018 we talked about like the fierceness of Blake Lively. Yeah, in, sim- in simple favor, yeah. I feel like that was J Lo. In in hustlers and I would
0: say even more so. Yeah, I think she really owns the screen even even more so. Like she is so so good in that movie, and I think there's rumblings about her being an awards contention. I hope that actually comes to fruition. I would mm-hmm. love to see her at least get nominated, if not also win. I think she's amazing in it. Yeah, um, great score, like great soundtrack too. I haven't listened to it. I meant the soundtrack. Oh. I said score, and then I meant say okay. soundtrack. Okay, I'm just so used to saying score. <laughs> I know at you all are. times when referring to music because I don't know any other music.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, even the, the, sh- the scene with Usher thats all is, is so is good Because fun- that's actually Usher Yeah it is Yeah, yeah. Which makes it even better <laughs> it, Yeah that movie Starts off so funny Because uh, it's just like The heyday of stripping Yeah
0: And it goes to like Some heavy places Oh absolutely Too along the way And again it's a movie that A lot of people Aren't painted in the best light Even though they're kind of The quote unquote heroes Of the story mm-hmm. And it's really really good uh, Okay and I'm almost done Uh far from home yeah which i made it on either of our top five mm-hmm.
1: but do you, do you have any superhero movies in your top five no neither do i no i but it's which is crazy because i feel like last year our list was only comprised of superhero movies
0: yeah i mean it was all the great ones uh a- man versus the wasp <laughs> Yep. aquaman yep <laughs> they were shazam. A- <laughs> shazam, shazam, was shazam
1: shazam was this year shazam was this year <laughs>
0: Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, I, I thought Far From Home would probably be my, if we were to, to hand out an accolade, probably my comic movie of the year, actually.
1: I would agree with that. Yeah. Did we have any animated? No, we didn't have any animated. No. Besides Teen Titans Go to the Movie. Teen Titans Go over Yeah, I mean, Teen we had Titans. some other
0: DC stuff. We had like ran of the Superman. We had Hush. But yeah. Those were both fine. Mm-hmm. But,
1: yeah. Yeah, I guess, yeah. Um, uh, Spider-Man would get it for me. Yeah. And then we, um,
0: Endgame didn't make either of our top five either which I think is really interesting.
1: Yeah. So I, I tried to make a top 10, and Endgame landed at, like, number eight. Okay. It it was a movie that I don't think I loved initially coming out
0: of it. I remember I had a lot of criticism, especially, like, our, our first podcast we did mm-hmm. about it. The more I look back on it, it is an incredible feat in terms of a film, in yeah. terms of what it does, and all the stories it resolves, and it's a very satisfying conclusion. Mm-hmm. As a piece of standalone entertainment, I don't know if it's quite there. I think it's a more impressive film than I think it is a great film. Yeah,
1: the, I said the reason, I, I put in my notes, the reason it even broke my top ten is just for the portal sequence in the end. Oh, the oh, portals. Like that. So good. That shot is so, and I did I tell the wedding story on the podcast? If you didn't, go ahead and do it. Okay, I, I over the summer I went to a friend's wedding that was full Marvel themed. Uh, to to a, an over extreme, and Sydney, I don't know if you listen to this. Uh, I'm going to be a little critical. <laughs> she sent out her, I was, I was a uh, man of honor at the, at the wedding. So mm-hmm. I had a, a little bit of say in, in some of these things. Uh, but she sent out her song list, uh, of what everyone's going to walk down the aisle to. Okay. And her song as the bride walks down the aisle was going to be the portal song from Endgame. Yeah. Uh, and I'm like, Sydney, you can't do that <laughs> you can't do that what why can't you do that cuz that's that's so wrong i don't know it, it didn't feel right it's a weird me. tonal yeah song so the the way it was uh the the groomsmen walked down to the avengers score um the the groom walked down to no no the the bridesmaids walked down to the fitz simmons theme from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Okay. and There's she, a deep pool right there. Yeah. She's a big Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. fan. Okay. Well, someone has to be. And then <clears throat> uh, she was going to walk down to the Portal song. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's, you can't, Sydney, you can't do that. But she was determined. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she didn't walk, uh, her, her father passed away okay. a couple years ago. So instead of walking down with her stepdad, it was her stepdad and her three stepbrothers. So almost in like a, a Secret Service configuration blocking her at all angles uh and i'm like okay this is fine you can't really see her and i know this wasn't planned because i was there for the entire rehearsal of this but she somehow managed to hit the swell perfectly where she like as the the four men stopped and she emerged from the four of them as like the big okay like real song yeah and i'm like holy shit sydney you fucking nailed that she did it and i'm 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 standing up uh with everyone else and i'm just like holy shit that was awesome (laughs) and a single tear comes down cameron's cheek (laughs) yeah and no one else was like paying attention to that and i'm just like fuck that fucking hits it was worth
0: it for you yeah (laughs) for an
1: audience of one but it paid off Mm -hmm. yeah and then there were other marvel things but we don't need to go into that right just just for that moment like all right this pays off i mean it it's a
0: huge film on so many levels i mean beyond just for the MCU specifically, like this, this closing of this really critical chapter. It, it's but, a
1: season finale.
0: Yeah, it, it is. And maybe that's kind of what it felt like at the end of the day. It felt more like a season finale. But I mean, it's also... It was the biggest movie of this year. The biggest movie of all time. Yeah. And also, I would say it has probably some of the biggest cultural impact across the board, too. Like, it's a movie that I think a lot of people will be discussing in their kind of year-end reviews because it was so huge. And it, in the same way that Infinity War shouldn't have worked and did... And even before that, I would say that Civil War should not have worked and did. Mm-hmm. Like Marvel just knows how to handle these like really big, huge scale, huge cast stories really, really well. Yeah. And it's it's an incredibly
1: impressive film, but it's just one that didn't, it just didn't move me maybe. In the yeah. way I mean, there there's a full hour that I think we both agree we don't need to watch again. The entire second act. <sighs>
0: Yeah, there's some really fun stuff in the second act, but it, it, I mean, even the first act is—it's—it's—it's eh. mm-hmm. it's, it's all about the third actually. At the end of the day, That's yeah, it's—it's it, really fully matters. about
1: that last 45
0: minutes. Yeah, which
1: is spectacular. It's so good. It's so so good. Um. All right. Shall we get into our uh our top oh, uh, one more? Because I forgot. I'm not going to talk about 10 through six now. Uh. One more honorable mention. Very honorable mention. Mm-hmm. It's a movie that I love. You don't like as much. Okay. <laughs> Alita: Battle Angel what is so good chris i have that on my potential list of worst films i loved alita so much and i've talked about it multiple times already i willingly have i had to put it on because i've willingly watched it three times already oh
0: my god it's so good chris all right you know what you officially (laughs) never get to tell me you don't have enough free time you watch (laughs) alita battle angel thrice
1: twice in theaters and once on a plane I can't. I cannot. <laughs> I was so bored. I know you were, and movie. I and I know you hate Alita. I, well, but here's that the thing. movie was so weird and fun.
0: When it was fun, it was really fun. Yeah. But for the most part, it was not fun. I had so
1: much fun with that movie. Oh
0: my god! It was it's it's so anime
1: painful. to a T. I mean And I think that's why I love it so does much Does
0: anime have huge swaths that are completely boring and irrelevant? Yes Well then that's why I don't watch anime We've now <laughs> figured it out Absolutely it does
1: Do you know about
0: anime filler arcs? I don't even want to get into this Because that, that, that will become there... a filler arc within itself Is this what you do on the podcast every week? Are you yes. just living out a real life anime filler arc? Yes You son of a bitch Let me explain filler arcs to you just really <laughs> quick Go ahead Go ahead and cam explain to me on
1: this I Do you know what a filler arc is? I think I know. But okay, I go ahead. So when you have uh, a, a constantly animated show trying to comp, trying to keep up with the manga, there are times when it gets too close to the current manga story, mm-hmm. and so the anime has to do something to slow down production, and so they infamously create filler arcs, which are side stories which can last anywhere from like four episodes to I think uh, Bleach hit oh I think somewhere on like a hundred something episodes of filler. The fuck? Yeah, there were three full seasons of filler. You've just further supported the idea that I should never watch anime. Yeah, not yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So they have to you know continue to to God. widen this gap between the manga and the anime, uh, and and yeah. So if you want to talk about like wasted time, sit through forty episodes of one season of Bleach where nothing matters, and they just completely revert everything in the next episode
0: hard pass yeah but okay that explains alita then mm-hmm. the whole movie to me felt like a giant filler arc except for the sports things and some of the fights i mean look some of the fights were really great mm-hmm. but a lot of it was not yeah all right so <laughs> should we now get into our top five let's get into it Do you want to say your number five okay uh my number five and I, i'm sure pretty much all of these we've talked about at some point in the podcast but yeah. all right all right so my number five is uh actually it's a documentary and it's
1: apollo 11 I almost put Apollo Eleven on my top. 10. You did, okay. Yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed Apollo.
0: I had almost forgotten about it, and I was listening. To, I've been listening to a couple year interviewed podcasts just to help refresh my brain going into this. And someone mentioned it, and then of course, as I was scrolling through my list, me, like, oh yeah, like I gave it four stars. I loved it. Yeah,
1: it's. But you're, um, you're a huge space person. I am.
0: Yeah, I mean, I uh, uh, most of my family from the the previous couple generations worked for NASA or for Lockheed in various roles. I grew up just totally about the space race, like. Apollo thirteen is way up there as my favorite movies. Like mm-hmm. I've been out to Kennedy Space Center in Florida. I've been to the Marshall Space Flight Center in Alabama. I've been, I think, to the one in Houston too. Like it's a it's a big part of like my family's like lore, if you will. So I already had a, a love for this sort of stuff. But I think this is just also a really impressive movie because you're not, you're not a huge space person, really. Not right? really, and you really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's. I had never seen a movie like this before, although I know they exist. Um, uh, Amazing Grace was a movie that did a similar thing with Aretha Franklin this year. Mm -hmm. But it's a a documentary with no talking heads, with no narration. It's just completely comprised of actual footage and audio from the surrounding events of the Apollo 11 launch. So leading up to the actual launch itself, the flight, what's happening in Mission Control, the landing. Like, you know they land... That sequence is so so suspenseful when they're like running out of fuel and they have yeah. like what eight seconds left before they're gonna run out of fuel and they finally land. Mm-hmm. It's really um, an amazing feat, and um, to it's so immersive. To the score, I remember being really really good too, yeah. but I haven't gone back to listen to it.
1: So if you're gonna talk about this, I'm gonna jump to my number four because I think it, it's okay. closer to what you're talking about. Okay. Because for my top ten or for my top five, my number four is They Shall Never Grow Old,
0: which I still haven't seen. I really need to. Oh, Oh. man.
1: It's the same idea where it's it's a documentary in the shape of a movie. Uh, And again, we talked about this ad nauseum already. Yeah. But it's uh, all footage from World War One dubbed over by journal entries written by the people in the war. Yeah.
0: They're real journal entries that are now being, um, like audio performed yes. by voiceover
1: artists. Uh, and the whole movie is colorized in this crate is, is rasterized and colorized and it's amazing technology. What's that-
0: rasterized again? Hmm? What's rasterized? I think that's
1: the right word. It's when they just kind of make it a higher resolution. Oh, like they restore it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm. That makes more sense. Uh, yeah. So like, uh, they do all that crazy stuff and then it's like, the, you know, they make a full, you know, movie story out of this kind of found footage. Yeah. And it's so gorgeous and so well done. And, and like that's a movie I will like, whenever someone's like, Hey, let's watch, what, let's watch a movie. Like that will probably forever be something like, Hey, have you seen this movie? Cause we should yeah. watch this
0: movie. I, I'm I'm sure it's available for rent on iTunes now. I need yeah. to go, sit down and watch it. I've heard great
1: things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that movie just like, as someone that works in post-production, just seeing Fair, the technical yeah. feat of that. Yeah is is out of this world.
0: Well, it's worth noting it's produced by Peter Jackson mm-hmm. and he, he's really good at
1: that sort of stuff. Yeah. And, and when I saw, I saw it at Arclight, so they had that little like documentary afterwards oh, yeah, so the making yeah, yeah. of, and I hope that's available somewhere because mm-hmm. that, that like 20 minute interview with Peter Jackson was just as entertaining as the entire movie because he's like this huge World War One buff. Yeah. And they're like, hey, where are we going to get the props for like the sound effects for this stuff? Because, like, you know, we have World War I-style cannons mm-hmm. firing in these shots. He's like, oh, well, I have a bunch in my backyard. <laughs> it's like, of course you do, Peter. Of course he of does. Of course you just happen to collect World War I-different cannons. Yeah.
0: Uh, and not to be a cliche here, by all means, audience, please check your bingo box, but the Empire Podcast did <laughs> did do a great interview with Peter Jackson, which is how I kind of first heard about this. I will send it to you. I okay. Think, I think you would find it really interesting. Yeah. So uh yeah that's my number four okay what's your number five then
1: uh i'm I'm gonna switch it up because i was gonna talk about the one piece movie (laughs) i'm like i've talked about that enough Uh, i'll talk about another movie i've already talked about a lot which is peanut butter falcon is that your that's gonna be my number five now Okay, okay i'm moving one piece down a slot or up a slot so it's six now okay peanut butter falcon is my number five shia labeouf yeah uh also a wrestling movie i think i am just like a subconscious closeted wrestling fan. I think you are. Yeah. I think we can help you explore this. I yeah. It's it's time for me to just put the mask on and come out of the closet.
0: Yeah. Well, we'll have Jeb walk you through the intricacies of wrestling. Um, um, he, of he, course, he's Jeb a, he's is a wrestling. Yeah, he's a person. big wrestling fan. Yeah, that so. is
1: that is no surprise. <laughs> uh, yeah, that movie was just so much fun, mm-hmm. and it it's heartwarming, and it's it's just like a. Like a classic, nice, almost like Twain esque adventure. Okay, it's Interesting. just two guys going down the river to get to Florida, mm-hmm. and it's it's nice. Okay,
0: yeah. I mean, I know you've talked about it a lot. I haven't heard a lot about it otherwise, but mm-hmm. it, it was a movie that I wasn't super keen on. But I feel like maybe I should go. Watch I, it I
1: think also point. right now people aren't talking about it because Honey Boy is out. Yeah, that's and I, true. And I don't think neither of us have had a chance to see it I yet. Haven't seen Honey Boy, yeah, but. I feel like when I see that, that will replace this movie as my number five. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. Because Honey Boy is supposed to be just this masterpiece of a a biopic. Yeah, and I was wanting to go check it out at some point. Mm -hmm. Okay. uh, It'll be nominated for something, and it'll come back in Arclight, and we can see it then. We can go see it.
0: Yeah. Okay, so uh, my number four is uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. All right. Which I'm also going to give the award for the best overly long film by a renowned auteur, that has almost no plot and is more of a sequence of great scene work by a stacked cast.
1: Oh, what a, do you have a, a second place for that? <laughs> the Irishman!
0: <laughs> in a race of two, <laughs> Once Upon a Time in Hollywood comes in first. Uh, did, did you see it in theaters? I didn't see either of them in theaters, actually. Okay. So unfortunately, uh, Once Upon a Time came out right around the time I started my new job. That's right. And so I just, I just really didn't have the time to go see a three-hour film in theaters. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was traveling over the break, and so I watched the Irishman on one flight and then I watched once about time on the other and I'll kind of talk about them both here a little bit I, I so, you, so you watched on the small like I watched on my iPad
1: oh so even a smaller screen
0: mm, no the iPad's, I, iPad's bigger than um like an airplane yeah I guess that's true screen.
1: so the, those shots where like the foot take there's like four shots that Tarantino set up <sighs> Where the foot takes up half the frame. Yeah. Imagine that in a theater. Of course. And he- that's why it didn't make my top. That's <laughs> I, that's like one of two reasons it didn't make my top 10. Okay. That's it's fair. Because those shots are so unsettling on a big screen. I could totally see that. Feet are weird. Yeah. I'm not a feet person. And it's a, a 30 foot foot. Yeah. Well, that's his, that's why he did it. Yeah. <laughs> it's his dream come true. It,
0: yes, it absolutely is. So many feet. Um, but so I'll talk about the Irishman real quick in context of Once Upon a Time. Did you watch the Irishman? I have not yet. Okay, I so I haven't found three hours. Three, yeah, three, three and a, and a half, half, half hours. hours. So I I was hesitant about that movie going in. Um, it's good. It is really really good, and the performances are really good. Some of the de aging is a little dodgy. Okay, uh, you may have li- did you listen to the Weekly po- Planet podcast? That they talked about not the yet. Okay, one of the things they pointed out, and because they had talked about it, it was in my mind when I watched it. I noticed, but. Some of the face de aging works pretty well, but you can't change the fact. That at the end of the day, it's seven year old actors playing forty. Mm-hmm. So, like an example they had, which is very noticeable in the film, is there's a point where Robert De Niro's character is supposed to be in his forties, and he goes and like beats up some guy and throws him through a, a storefront window. Yeah, but it's the physicality of a man in his seventies trying to pull that off, and it just doesn't quite play. Um, I mean, it's I can't say that they should have cut anything out of it because it really is. A, a very loose plot thread. It's it's kind of almost deliberately mundane okay. in its approach. I think the idea was kind of to de-glamorize the, the mob scene a lot. Mm-hmm. For me, the most interesting parts is when it really heavily crossed over with um, actual historical events. Jimmy Hoffa plays a pretty critical role, and this is a uh, one of the theories as to why he disappeared and how they play out in this movie. Okay. Um, and there's some interesting stuff in there, but it just didn't – I liked it, but I didn't love it, and no point was ever going like, oh, this, I understand why this is getting the sort of acclaim that it did. The individual scene work is really, really good, but it's not something that ever to me felt like it was living up to the hype around it or at no point was ever going like, oh yeah, this is a a master filmmaker at his best. I was like, okay, yeah, I get it. Mm -hmm. But by contrast, I really, really loved Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and it may have helped that I had just watched *The Irishman* a matter of days before, and there is a lot of similarities in terms of the being really long and having the incredible cast and not much of a plot. But I thought the scene work was way more interesting in *Once Upon a Time in Hollywood*. Yeah. Part of it is that Tarantino is still to this day one of the greatest dialogue writers. Oh, to yeah. Ever live. The,
1: yeah that that movie is a near masterpiece. Yeah. And just like, uh, of just glamorizing L. A. Yeah, I mean, t-
0: I, <laughs> I know that's part of it too. Is that like. Uh, you and I are both very absorbed in this. I, I would argue, probably, I'm maybe a little bit more so. I might be like asleep of the two of us. I think I might be a bit more of like the I get like the Hollywood boner cinephile thing going on sometimes. Oh, a hundred percent, you are. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I I enjoy. Well, I, I think once upon a time in Hollywood is nice because they went beyond like the three landmarks you always see. Just like, oh, we're in LA. Yeah, they were
0: Musu and Franks.
1: Yeah, it's not just the Cinerama Dome. Yeah, Uh, Hollywood Bowl, uh, Chinese Theater and like Santa Monica Pier. Yeah. They have some of the three you see in yeah. every movie. It's like a quick montage. Like, hey, we're in LA. It's like, well, yeah, obviously you're in LA. This this is filmed in the back lot in Burbank.
0: Yeah. It's a very LA movie. Yeah. Um, but it, I just found the scenes really good and the performances are absolutely incredible <clears> in this. And <clears> it <throat> is worth really acknowledging that I think Margot Robbie definitely gets shortchanged a little bit. Uh, yeah. She, yeah. Yeah. I agree. I mean, I, I think. She's so talented that she brings a lot to the character when she's on screen, but that character isn't on screen very much. Mm -hmm. I say that her the best scene with her is when she's watching herself at the theater, which I think is a really interesting kind of meta moment that
1: I really liked. Yeah, but I I think I think the the other girl like stole the show. I loved uh,
0: her sunflower or whatever one one of
1: the Manson girls. She was amazing.
0: She is really really good. Um, and there's some kind of fun, like any Tarantino movie, it's just packed full of like great cameos, but people that I wouldn't be considered cameos, are not big names yet, but Harley Quinn Smith plays one of the Manson girls. Okay. And then, um, I want to say it's Emma Hawk plays another one. And oh, wait, sorry. That's Kevin Smith's daughter. Yeah, the first one. Yeah, 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 yeah. and then Emma mm-hmm. Hawk is the the daughter of Ethan Hawk and yeah, Uma she's Thurman. In, uh, Stranger of Things. Things three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's also great. I, I feel like she has yeah. a
1: big career in front. of She I, does.
0: Her. I think she's amazing. She's got a great. It was she had a great moment in this, um, and I, I I loved seeing that. But I thought like the scenes where we're watching Leonardo DiCaprio play an actor acting were amazing, especially when he comes out of his film within a film character. Yeah and then he's just being he's playing an actor where amazing just watching that transformation happen
1: and him i the shot of him talking to the other actor the actress the little girl yes and it's a
0: great scene yeah and it i thought it did a great job of portraying just how weird and just messed up this guy is but mm-hmm. he but also it shows that he as an actor is really really good in the movie, like in the, the sh- episode he's shooting, the performance is incredible. Yeah. And I thought it was interesting that you kind of felt like the other actors around him, like Timothy Olyphant, were almost playing it a little bit bad. Just to kind of highlight, <laughs> not to make him look even better by comparison, but just kind of highlight that no one else is
1: taking this as seriously as he is. Right. But that's also like a, a message of the day. Yeah. Of like that was acting in the 50s, 60s. Mm-hmm. Of like, you know, you would just do your lines and, and move on yeah like there there wasn't this kind of same like like that's that word again i still can't figure out that word <laughs> uh like recol oh god this is f- so fucking annoying Recollection, like, recompense n- no no uh remit no it, oh my god this is so frustrating you, you talk, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to Google, and okay. maybe Google will help me.
0: It, um, it, it just had a lot of stuff that really worked well for me. Brad Pitt is so good in this movie. Uh, I, I wouldn't call this a spoiler. i say there's a scene where he ends up with a bunch of the the Manson kind of family that I thought is absolutely incredible. And um, I love the ending, too, which is a bit of a tonal shift, but for me it was like so over-the-top and fun that I, I just really, really loved it across the board. Um, I, I had a really, really great time
1: with Emotional it. Emotional resonance. God there damn it. There we go. Oh, That's she, the fucking word that I... <laughs> she got <laughs> it. Resonance. Not renaissance. <laughs> yeah. It I, resonates. It, God it. The, the, the movie it. does resonate. It, it, yeah. it is
0: it is really, really good. Um, I also found it interesting because I felt like it was the, one of the least Tarantino movies I've ever seen from him. Like it did... A lot of his movies wear their style on their sleeve like, it's got a great soundtrack, but you, you can't, like, pull out one moment of, like, oh, this song dominates the movie in a particular sequence. You know, mm-hmm. you think about, like, putting out fire with gasoline in Glorious Bastards, that great sequence, yeah. or, um, you know, Stuck in the Middle with You from Reservoir Dogs. Like, it didn't have that. It, most of it didn't feel like a Tarantino film, except for All the Feet, yeah. until the very end, and then it did again. But, um, I don't know. It For me, it kind of felt like when I watched... Um, uh, Oh my God. The girl, the dragon tattoo for the first time. Okay. The, um, Oh my God. How am I blanking out? The David Fincher movie, which is like, it felt, it was still very Fincher, but it, it felt like a, a muted Fincher. This felt like a muted Tarantino where it's just like, it's a subtle style that he brings to it rather than a really pronounced one, which I really like.
1: Well, I'm also curious since we're now like both those directors have been doing their stuff for decades, for almost 30 years now. Yeah. Um, And we're now at at the point where the people that grew up on those movies are making movies. Yeah. And so how do you, as the director, continue to shine your light? And I feel like that's also Spielberg's problem. Spielberg Mm -hmm. is just like, well, I'll just put my name on it. And that's how I'll differentiate myself.
0: I mean, but I think he's still good about making his movies feel Spielbergian. Mm -hmm. Um, I I would point out Ready Player One as a great example of that, that few people know how to construct – a like, Rube Goldberg-esque action sequence like he does. I feel like yeah. It's him and Gore Verbinski the two that really know how to do that well, and I think he still does it well. Mm-hmm.
1: But yeah, so you have these this new generation of specifically like, indie filmmakers yeah. that are all just kind of replicating the style of, of Tarantino. Mm-hmm. And so he has to... He's in this unique position where like he doesn't have to change. Like, it'll always be a Tarantino thing. Yeah. But he... I feel like the walls have been... Widened a little bit for him to yeah that's fair do interesting things because the audience is more open to mm-hmm. that style now yeah it kind of you get the sense
0: of like because other people are going to be flashy in a very obvious Tarantino reference kind of way mm-hmm. they're gonna do stuff that feels deliberately like a Tarantino film that by contrast he can kind of just be comfortable with his own style and not make it as pronounced and just yeah. have it like simmer in the background and work. Really I well. think
1: I think the closest comparison. I think you would agree with this, is is El Royale. El Royale is, yeah, is the that's, best yes, yeah. Tarantino, non-Tarantino film.
0: Yeah, I'd agree with that, yeah. And if that movie feels very Tarantino, yeah. and this one doesn't, I thought
1: that was interesting. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I really loved it. Um, what's your number three? Uh, let me pull my list back up. Uh, uncut Gems yes have you seen it yet i haven't i know because I, oh, we, we're only yeah, a few yeah, days yeah. past our last record i haven't had a chance to go yet yeah uncut gems did i already talk about uncut gems you, you plugged it last week yeah okay uh then, then i won't go too far into it yeah that that movie is it it's such a great just like slice of life for the first hour and a half uh and then once it gets to the kind of the third act crux you're just mm-hmm. like Holy fuck. I need this movie to end. Cause yeah. I just like, my body just can't handle this much suspension.
0: Yeah. I've heard from a few
1: people that the, it's, suspense. it's, it's very suspenseful. It's like nonstop. Yeah. Stress. Yeah. And that, that's very true. Yeah. And everyone in it is amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I already talked about it Listen listened to last week. Did you
0: ever see Good Time, which was the last movie from the Sacky Brothers yet. with Robert Pattinson? I've heard that was kind of similar, sort yeah, of Yeah, I've
1: also heard that's a like that that's been on my list for a while. Yeah. It's I, up I on
0: that. uh I want to say Hulu now. Okay. Hulu or Amazon. So I put it on my queue. I need to watch that sometime soon.
1: Yeah. But, yeah. Uh well, what's your number three? Jojo Rabbit. Oh, I'm gonna talk about that in a second. Okay,
0: all right. Then um I'll let you get to your number two then. I mean, that is my number two. Oh, okay. We'll, wait, yeah. we'll talk about it now.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um that that movie is beautiful.
0: Yeah. It's really it's it's one that stuck with me, which I think that was maybe one of the challenges I had this year was finding movies that really that I kept thinking about, that kept coming back to me mm-hmm. in some Yeah, the way. emotional resonance. The emotional resonance, yes. Now that, that we have that, yes. <laughs> Today's episode brought to you by the word resonance.
1: resonance.
0: <laughs> it, Thanks, Count. It really, it really sticks with you. Like it's genuinely really funny. It's genuinely
1: It's genuinely very sad. Yeah, and I think that was probably One of our most anticipated films, too.
0: Yeah. And I I think it it delivered what I think we were both really hoping for. And it really goes to show how great of a filmmaker Taika Waititi is. Yeah. He he really knows how to play those beats. And in in a weird way, Thor Ragnarok almost feels like an outlier for him, sort of which is still a very heartfelt film, but it's more about like the fun and the action and the comedy. Yeah. But this, you know, really does feel like a spiritual successor and an expansion on um, Hunt for the Wilder People, which
1: hit a lot of those same kind of beats too. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a person that I feel like, uh, we talked about this a little bit over New Year's, um, how Andy Samberg and kind of the Lonely Island trio, their comedy is kind of ahead of it ahead of its time mm-hmm. with all their movies. I feel like Taika, like he is defining comedy right now. Yeah. Like his, his movies are shaping the future of comedy films. Well,
0: cause I think he truly understands that all comedy is rooted in drama mm-hmm. and that y- the comedy is going to land when you are invested in the
1: drama of the story too. Yeah. He's great.
0: No, he really is. I mean,
1: it's like, it's weird to say like, Oh, we saw gonna-. him once. Remember? We were sitting we, really far back.
0: Th- oh yes, because right, really shitty tickets. I have picked. They were not shitty tickets. They just <laughs> were in ideal tickets. If you wanted to see Kevin Foggy, Taika Waititi, Tessa Thompson, and Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, and who wants to do that? <laughs> who wants to be up close to all of those <laughs> gods? Yeah, not us. That's for sure. <laughs> I I mean he's he's amazing, and I I mean I think he's just going to continue to do really really great shit. Yeah. I'm super excited for him. Like, I think he's now one of those guys that is able to do the, and it's a cliche phrase, but like the one for you, one for me sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a, it's a reductive phrase. What that really means is that he'll go and do the movie that will get butts in the seat to make a bunch of money. And because of that, he has the clout to go do the things that he wants to do. Exactly. I feel like it's like he can pull that off. Nolan can pull that off. Um, although Nolan basically only now does the movies that he just wants to make.
1: Yeah, I feel like but, I feel like though that era of director is now just all for me. You have like your Fincher, Nolan, Tarantino, Tarantino, Scorsese. Yeah. Um, Cameron. But James what? Cameron's in his own way. Yeah. You, you, Cameron. <laughs> <Me>? <laughs> I can do what I want. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. Yeah. Cameron is. <laughs> Except for remember the word resonance. Well, you didn't help. <laughs> hey, I threw out every RE
0: word I could possibly think of um, on repeat. Yeah. No, but I, I love Jojo Rabbit. That, I mean, that is an incredible fucking film. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so then So your number two. My number two was Ford versus
1: Ferrari. I still haven't seen. Of course it was. Yeah, <laughs> like look, I did some of the promotion for that. You did? Yeah. Which what parts? Uh, I mean, just like the, all the social okay. promotion for it. It's a great film. I've I've heard. So look, yes, this is me being a cliche. <laughs> um, it. I mean. It, but, but it's like genuinely genuinely yeah. like a great movie, so, and I've heard from non-car people.
0: Yeah, in, in the same way that Apollo Eleven was kind of, or even Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, was like designed to like hit beats of things that I really love. Like I am a big car nut, grew up around cars, always been a Ford person my entire life. Um, you know, I've been able to be around really cool cars, some of which are featured in this film. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, Carroll Shelby was definitely an asshole, but he is iconic, and I thought. There's all these elements that are already there, but on top of it, it is just a really, really good film. Like, I took my whole family to go see it, um, and even my mom and sister-in-law, who bear with us in our love of cars, also really, really enjoyed it, because it is... Aww, ulti- like
1: my family and everything that I talked about. And everything <laughs> you're talking
0: about, right? Yeah, it's like, ultimately, the film is really rooted in character, and, I mean, it's 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 super fun, it's suspenseful, it's, um, you know, it, it hits beats you expect it to, but also it's surprising in a lot of ways. But at the same time, the performances are great. Yeah. Like, I love me and Matt Damon. I still kind of just see him as Matt Damon in this movie, even though I know he's playing Carol Shelby. But for me, Christian Bale is Ken Miles, it's probably my favorite performance of his, including the Batman movies, because this is the only time I've ever seen him seemingly actually enjoy himself on screen. Oh, that's good. He's always so serious. Yeah. And his character is always so serious. So for him to actually have this, this playful, quirky energy to the whole thing was really, really refreshing to see. Um I really, really loved it. Really loved it. Highly, highly recommend it. Yeah, I so. I
1: will watch it before award season. Yeah.
0: It, it is a little bit long. It's like two and a half hours. That's fine. It, it could be a little bit shorter maybe if I had a, a critique on it. Mm-hmm. But um, other than that, I, and it's, again, it's an amazing it's like supporting cast of people too. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Barenthal is in there as Leah Akoca. Yeah. And I love him. And he gets to just be, like, just be this kind of like cool guy all the time. Love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well worth seeing. Great. Yeah, what was your number two?
1: Jojo. Oh, that's right. We already covered it. this. Okay, mm-hmm.
0: so now we're down to our our shared number 1. Yes, for
1: the 23rd year in a <laughs> row, it is Space Jam.
0: Yes. <laughs> it was always
1: going to be Space Jam. Yes. Somehow it just it just tanks the tanks the competition in year after year. And in hearts and
0: mine's, it comes out new every year because it it's it's like it's like fresh warm laundry you wrap yourself up in every time you watch it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's amazing. It's, it's
1: the clean sheets, the warm underwear of films. <laughs> Uh no it's obviously Booksmart yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean anyone who knows us knew going into this it was clearly gonna be Booksmart
1: yeah I made my my stepbrother watch it over Christmas uh-huh. he hadn't seen it yet and what do you think? I, oh he loved it yeah it, it was so warm to me the next morning uh, he came down for breakfast and he's like hi, talking to his wife he's like you have to watch Booksmart tonight yeah like it's you're gonna love it you know I'm gonna show it to all these people and yeah like, yes please spread the word yeah. I have done as 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 a as an apostle of Booksmart. <laughs> I have done my duty to share the the great word.
0: It look it, it's it's just exceptional. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's really really exceptional. We've both obviously talked about it at length. But I mean, it's just multiple times. <laughs> great story. Great performances. It's visually really impressive. It's got great music all the way through. It just it, yeah. I still listen to that soundtrack. It's oh I, I do mean, too. It's so good. Yeah. That is still on my right meow playlist. Mm-hmm. I hate you. Uh, No, I I really, really love it. And in the same way that I was talking earlier about Someone Great being a Netflix film that felt like it filled in that last 20% needed to feel like kind of a complete film. Mm -hmm. Booksmart is one of those movies that, though it is telling a story we've seen a lot before, it goes an extra like 15% in terms of just doing something different and unique kind of every step of the way. Yeah. From the visuals, from the design, the performance, like everything, there's the extra effort made into it to just make it feel special and unique.
1: Yeah. It's so good. It's so good. (sighs) I also made my stepbrother watch, um, Guy Ritchie's King Arthur. Oh, and he also God. loved it. Uh, and I'm like, oh man! Thank you, Ryan. Thank you, Ryan. I'm not I, alone.
0: You have the most wildly <laughs> fluctuating taste. It's Dude, like <laughs> to also be
1: fair. It took us two nights to get through that movie because we both fell asleep. Understandable. The first time, yeah. <laughs> like, if you break that movie up into two parts, it's not as bad. Like you, you are for me like the. Either
0: least or most trust with a person when it comes to movie <laughs> recommendations. It's like, basically, if I know anything about the movie and you say it's good, if I know it's a movie I would like, I know I'll really like it. If I know it's one I won't, I know I'll hate it. Yeah. <laughs> There's very little middle ground. Well, in,
1: in college, it was, it was, they could tell by the pitch of my voice how good it actually was. Uh-huh. And I'm like, yeah, it's not that bad. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's bad. It's really bad. Ooh, it's a garbage fire. Yeah. It's, like, it's, it's, it's It's a pretty entertaining movie. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Here's what you should do is you should start, like, ingesting helium and then talking
1: to me about movies that are actually really
0: good to yeah. throw me off.
1: Yeah, so you go in really low bar.
0: <laughs> but, uh, I mean, look, th- this is always going to be book smart, and I-, I think you and I still are going to continue to blare that trumpet for years on that yeah, one. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, um, now that we've taken care of all the-, the fun stuff, shall we get into some of the, the lesser films of the year? Let's do
1: it. We- um, we- do you- I-, I-, I requested we start off on a positive note because yes. we're going to get – really dark (laughs) really mean for a while okay um do you want to do
0: worst for you so Uh, we have
1: three categories for this year we have
0: worst biggest disappointment and made you the angriest where do you want to start uh let's do worst because i feel like our it it might be a similar choice okay so i i haven't picked mine i'm gonna let the discussion point me in the right direction
1: oh because there's only one answer
0: well okay here's the list i have i have uh dark phoenix Mm -hmm. godzilla okay lion king Dumbo,
1: Alita. Oh, you know, I forgot about Dumbo. Dumbo. Oh, oh. I, I did not share positive words about Dumbo. <laughs> no. Oh, I think I have to re, re, rethink my, also, my biggest disappointment films.
0: Alita Battle Angel yeah. on the list of worst. And then Lego 2 I put on there as well, actually. Okay.
1: You and I, I think you and you, I both you missed the... the- You missed the worst one, which is surprising. Which one? Well, you, you talk about you, and then I'll tell you why you're wrong. Okay. No, go ahead and give, you, give me your worst one. Oh, so Hellboy. I, I didn't see Hellboy. A thousand percent Hellboy. I did not okay. see Hellboy. Yeah. Holy shit. You want to talk about the biggest dumpster fire of the year? <laughs> you got to watch Hellboy. Not only is it a disappointing superhero film, it's also a disappointing King Arthur film. Well, I mean, and that,
0: that's coming from a man, <laughs> man who loved Guy Ritchie's King Arthur.
1: <laughs> yeah. And like the other movies, because the movies you've listed have, have may or may not land on my most disappointing or most uh, okay. angry. All right. But Hellboy is a movie... That's just so bad on every level. It's 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 similar to like Cats, mm-hmm. where it's so bad you're gonna have to watch it eventually. Right. But yeah, if you want to talk about the worst movie, to, the worst thing to come out of 2019,
0: I you know I have heard is, some people <laughs> say that it's fine. That well, it's those actually, people are wrong. It's actually
1: kind of out of place. Okay, so it's it's very clearly, definitively Hellboy it for is, you. Yes, definitively Hellboy okay. is the worst movie of 2019.
0: I think. Uh if I'm going to go off this list, cause some of these have things that like, are slightly redeeming. Like I did not like Alita, but some of the fights are good. I hated dark Phoenix, but I will at least give it that the first 20 minutes was the X move. I was one to see yeah. the rest of it was shit. Um, even the lion King though. I didn't enjoy, it, I really liked, um, Timon and Pumbaa in it, mm-hmm. Seth Rogen and, um, uh, Billy, Billy Eichner. Yeah. Uh, I think we have to go with Godzilla for me. I think was the worst movie. It was so long and so boring and so stupid. It made no sense at all. I don't think there was at any point a single redeeming quality of it for me. And somehow I think I only gave it. I gave it two stars if I think back (laughs) on it. So there must have been something I kind of enjoyed about it. Uh, Mothra. It's pretty pretty well animated. Ken Watanabe is really good in that movie. He is. Did you see it? I did. Okay, yeah. They give him a really really good moment. Mm -hmm. But the rest of it's fucking terrible.
1: Yeah. I'm just excited for him to fight King Kong. Oh my God. So this, I liked the first Godzilla movie. I've only seen it yeah, once. Yeah. I, and I,
0: I Did you see Kong Skull Island?
1: I did. Sorry. I, I have not seen the first Godzilla, but I have seen Kong Skull Island.
0: I thought it was fun. Kong was great. I really, really had a lot of fun with yeah. it. It
1: was enjoyable. I'm not looking forward to, but,
0: but who someone is doing in the movie that is actually kind of an impressive director. Um,
1: I think he's the guy, oh, I'll, I'll come up with his name eventually. Mike Flanagan? That sounds right. Is he doing it? Um, there's, I think the the main reason I'm most excited for this is there's a a, a joke that, that continues to spread around the internet of people talking about how they're excited to see Godzilla fight King Kong. And it's people talking about the size difference between them. Oh, I know. It makes and no how sense. It's, how it's like the the cartoon is uh, King Kong in that, uh, What's what's it called when you hold when you have the harness with the baby in the front? The baby Bjorn. Yeah, it's King Kong and a baby Bjorn <laughs> uh, being held by Godzilla. Like they tried to fix that a little bit by making
0: King Kong huge. Yeah. In Kong Skull Island, it still doesn't work. No. Uh, no. Oh, it's Adam Wingard is doing it. Mike Flanagan did um, Doctor Sleep this year, which I heard, I heard good things about. I I, yeah, I also I didn't actually see that. it. It's on my list. Um, but no, Adam Wingard did uh, the Death Note on Netflix. Oh God. Um, oh, oh, he, did, he, he did the guest. Low bar. The guest, though, which I really, really enjoyed, as well as uh, "You're Next," or I have not seen, but I've heard good things about. But he, he's a he's a horror director. Okay. Um. So I don't know. Maybe maybe something good might come out of that. We'll we'll have to wait and see on that one. But mm-hmm. um. Yeah, for me it was definitely Godzilla. Okay. Uh, what was your biggest disappointment of the year? So like to to clarify the difference between worst film and biggest disappointment was a movie that you had not necessarily high expectations for, but high hopes for, or yes. you felt the most let down by.
1: Yeah. For you, what well, yeah, was that? Yeah, because because as, as horrible as Hellboy is, that movie is a ride.
0: Okay, fair. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, mm-hmm. that's the thing is, it can be bad, but you can maybe
1: like, yeah, it's a yeah. ride with it. So the for- biggest disappointment, I think for me, was Men in Black International. Oh, okay. Yeah, because those trailers were fun. The trailers are great. You know, you can't deny the amazing chemistry between... Tessa Thompson and, and Chris Hemsworth. Oh, it's palpable. yeah. and it is gone in this movie yeah it's like a they because I think they wanted to make Chris Hemsworth a similar character to who he was in in Ghostbusters. okay, yeah, which is kind of like the hot dumb guy. yeah uh, but like super charming and he is not charming at all. Ah. like they somehow took one of the most charming men in the world yeah. and made him. Like just boring. Mm, it's such a shame. Yeah, because he's like overly cocky. He he is um like the worst version of the Rock in every movie. Oh okay, that's Where very he's good way cocky, it. Yeah. He's super into himself. Yeah. But he's super inept at everything. Okay. Yeah, that doesn't sound very fun. Yeah.
0: Which because it, it is really disappointing. So remember that trailer was one of the few that when I had to see it again and again and again, I didn't mind because I at least found it entertaining. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um,
1: it's a shame. Yeah. So that that's a big disappointment. And then every live-action Disney movie. Oh, yeah, because you didn't like Aladdin. I didn't. That was the one that I enjoyed this year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I thought it was kind of fun. Yeah, we may be talking about it in our next part, too. Oh,
0: Oh, okay. All right. Oh, interesting. All right. So for me, the biggest disappointment, and we haven't had a chance to talk about this movie yet on the podcast. Can you guess what my biggest disappointment was this year?
1: Oh, man, can I?
0: It just came out. We haven't had a chance to talk about it yet. But we have lots to say. Cats? No, I haven't seen Cats yet. I know. It just can't. Oh, Star Wars! Yes, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. And I didn't. Did we talk about Star Wars last week? We didn't talk about Star Wars last week. Well, let's no. talk about
1: our theater story. Okay,
0: yeah. So we're we're gonna get we're gonna get into our, <laughs> our our whole. I forgot
1: we were supposed to talk about Star Wars this episode. Our
0: whole thing with uh yeah, and so I will I will mark it in the um the body of the the podcast too. But we are gonna get into spoiler territory here because a proper discussion requires us to get into all the nit and grit of it. So. Yes. Let's start by talking about our theater-going experience. For it the was rise of great. So there was a sh- full-on nerd riot. Yes. So y- you and I, I think, have talked about this before in the podcast that we have bad luck when you and I go to the Grove
1: together. You obviously go all the time. I like we just have bad luck when we go to any movie together. This no is matter where we Maybe are. Maybe we should stop seeing movies together. Yeah. <laughs> we 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 are very particular with our theater-going <laughs> we, experience.
0: We we are like the movie Hancock. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> and then one of us is is there, and one of us is Will Smith, and it's the closer we get together, just bad things happen around us, but exclusively in terms of theater-going experience. Exactly. <laughs> this was maybe one of the the worst I've had. It was the most entertaining. It was for sure. It was absurd. So we did go to the Grove. We we had a tickets to go see a 7:30 showing at the Grove the night it came out. Um, it was impossible to get like IMAX tickets in like that. It's like, okay, this will work. We went the a big group with our, our friend Jason. Who I know will be listening to this cause he mm-hmm. always does. Um, and he was very sweet. he he's got like a big group of us together. He planned it all out. It was great. Um, and so we all get in the theater. We're ready to go. And about 25 minutes in,
1: to yeah, so so we are in our seat. It is now seven fifty. Yeah, and, and it, we're still staring at the same Chevron ad, not Chevron Toyota ad. Exactly, and it hasn't changed in the past twenty minutes. Uh, my thought is like, okay, maybe because it's an opening night, they're having a hard time getting the
0: crowds in. Like they're gonna start it soon, and then eventually someone from the theater comes in and, to the best of his ability, tries to like shout it into the this packed theater. Um, explains that the hard drive they received from Disney had some sort of problem with it was corrupt was corrupt so they were re-downloading the movie yeah
1: so for for, yes for people who don't know how theaters work now you don't get a reel of film anymore you get an encrypted hard drive sent to every theater across america yeah and it is you have a unique code for your drive so only you can access it and you download it to your server yes and then you return the hard drive exactly Mm -hmm. yeah and so the copy they had wasn't
0: working so they were re-downloading it and so he comes in and says hey so it we're working on it. We're about 40% of the way through. It'll be maybe up to another hour.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, now, and these files are huge.
0: Huge. I mean, it's yeah. a long movie. Uh, like, huge usually they're, too.
1: Usually, they're, for a two-hour movie, it's
0: about 200 gigabytes. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And uh, so Jason, like, quickly got up and, like, beat everyone out to uh, customer service, trying to find a way to get us into the theater. But we were going to get all split up. And also, it was going to be, like, over an hour anyway. It's like, okay, we'll stay in the theater we have, and it'll be good seats. But then, we have an hour to kill. So everyone goes and they just
1: opened a bar and the, in the, yeah in, in the, the theater. theaters
0: everyone goes and uh gets drunk so that we by the time they finally start the movie which they gave us like five minutes warning and they just jump straight to it yeah no, no trailers, trailers no
1: foreplay it's immediate fox fanfare just raw right into star wars
0: um you know and the theater is just kind of rowdy um i have a guy next to me who's like the clapper who, uh, who is as Shane puts as an alpha clapper yeah like he just was like clapping all the time and like to the point where it feeling like it was to be
1: deliberately obnoxious. Yeah. And, and that is, like, when you do go to an opening night event like this, that is expected. No, yeah. Not to that level. But, but like, like, with decorum. Yeah, you you do have a few. Like, you know, you remember when Force Awakens came out and they cheered for every character appearance? Oh, my God, like, I know. Like, that's expected when you do something like this. Oh, my
0: God, it's the end up! Woo! Oh, my
1: God! <laughs> um, but, yeah, this guy. When, it. when you're the only clapper... You have to have a little bit of, like, surround... You have to kind of understand your surrounding. Yeah. It's like, maybe I shouldn't have my clap echo through this theater. Through the whole theater, when yeah. When everyone is very tense already with how bad this movie is. No,
0: that did not help. It didn't help that some of our own party were, like, talking on their phones th- during the oh, movie. Oh, I, I
1: wasted <laughs> maybe a fourth of my bag of M&Ms throwing them at our group. I was just like, shut up, get off your phone, like just just have theater etiquette. Yeah. it's not hard to just like be a good person in a theater. Yeah,
0: you was, don't need to look at your phone every ten minutes. It was very distracting all the way through, which did not help the fact that the movie itself is just bad. I had a lot of fun with the movie. You, oh my god! It, uh, okay. So the reason this was the most disappointing okay. for me specifically was that it just was so underwhelming and made so many bad choices yes and look you and i didn't love the last jedi correct i rewatched it recently and there are some good ideas in there but part of the problem with the last jedi is that it decides to take everything and say that it doesn't matter anymore right so it's like the jedi are not important anymore luke isn't important anymore um whose race parents are snoke Like the resistance, like everything about it, the force, all of it basically just says like none of this is really that critical. And I think if you do a few of those things, it plays, but you do everything, it just makes it feel like you are throwing out the entirety of the franchise a little bit.
1: And it doesn't help that it's long and boring. Yeah. So so then nine comes in, it's like, oh yeah. So the way that Ryan came in, it's like, none of that's important. Uh, Everything he did, that's not important either. Yeah. And it, it's uh, it, it was a double reset.
0: It's, it, it's a double reset. And it's like the, the biggest crime of it all is that it made the last film completely inconsequential. And it makes it, feel, this isn't a trilogy, but it's, this also is barely even a, a sequel to the force awakens. It's just its own messy movie. Yeah. Like, cause, and I, I have always maintained this, that a lot of the problems last night are actually the problem of JJ Abrams, that he insisted on setting up these mystery boxes in the force awakens of who is Snoke? Why has Luke disappeared? Um, who are raised parents? You know the fact that it ends on this cliffhanger helicopter shot, which is still the worst final shot of any Star Wars film ever. And he set up all these things, and then that put Ryan Johnson in a bind. He's like, "What do I have to do with this?" Like Ryan Johnson even said that he didn't know how The Force Awakens is going to end until he saw it. And He's like, "Oh, I have to figure out how to pick up from this."
1: Yeah, shit. And they also, I feel like there were also interviews that said Ryan did not talk to JJ at all. I'm sure I'm sure they did talk yeah. in, in for some things, but yeah. like
0: But there there was just a lack of cohesive storytelling and a lack of communication between creatives. And I actually like the reveal that Ray's parents are nobodies. I think that actually is the best possible answer. Cause if you try and make it be like, oh, I don't know, and here's where we're getting the spoilers, Palpatine's fucking granddaughter, Yeah. then you are just making this universe yet again super small, and it's all about like destiny and this sort of bullshit. But it's much more interesting, to like, oh, like, any, just you can be a random person, but you can just happen to be incredibly powerful in the Force than with like, Anakin was. hmm And you, as someone who came from nothing, can become one of the most important people yeah, around. The
1: hero's journey.
0: Yeah, literally the hero's journey. That makes it much, much more interesting than have it be her related to somebody. And I think there have been rumors flying around that maybe the original intent was to have her be a Kenobi.
1: Yeah, because they're the only two British people in the entire Star Wars yeah, universe. There's
0: that. There, I mean, there's that. There's some elements there that feel like they kind of Kenobi-esque. I yeah. think that wouldn't have played well either. I actually like what they did, mm-hmm. but yeah, this just throws all of it out. It throws out one of the best setups of the last movie is that okay now with Snoke gone, maybe Kylo Ren will be the big bad. Like you still have to find a way to give him a redeeming arc <laughs> while making him like the big irredeemable player in the whole thing. And they just jettisoned out, brought in Palpatine. What was the, what was and we the also
1: found out that they they were making clones of Snoke.
0: Yeah, that Snoke I guess was just like a cloned puppet. Yeah, there's a vat of Snokes the Palpatine has.
1: Yeah, they they were making. They had their own catmus Labs.
0: Yeah, and and look, I I like Ian McDermott a lot. I think he is a great actor. I think a lot of the moments he has in Revenge of the Sith, especially Revenge of the Sith, especially. Like, are played well, and then towards the end of the movie, he just goes very cartoonish, and he played it very cartoonish to me in this. Oh, absolutely. He, like, it wasn't Palpatine. It was a caricature of Palpatine. And it just, it, so much of it was just so dumb. It's like, oh, we're going to, like, have a fake death for Chewie, but then we all know he's still around, because I've seen the fucking trailer where he's still around.
1: Yeah, I think he should
0: have died. I think if they were going to kill him, they should have found a different way to do it. hmm Um, but yeah, I mean, it also sets up stuff, like, it basically sets up deaths and then doesn't follow through on them. So, like, they kill off Chewie, he comes back around. Uh, Kylo Ren gets, like, thrown down a crevasse, he comes back around.
1: Um, he also crashes his TIE fighter. Oh, yeah. He, like, nearly dies three times in this movie. Yeah. Um. But it's a metaphor because Kylo dies, but Ben survives. Look, only... Two moments be played this entire thing. One was uh, when, when she puts the lightsaber behind her back, and then and then Ben pulls it out behind his back. I'll get to that, because <laughs> <laughs> that is iconic. No, one of them is when
0: Ray does stab him, and Leia kind of like sacrifices herself to, or no, I guess Leia sacrifices herself to give Ben a moment of like clarity, I guess. And mm-hmm. in that moment of hesitation, Ray stabs him, and then yeah. Ray heals him. Yep. So, but coming out of that, he basically... Which they
1: introduced the day before in Mandalorian. They
0: did. I, I guess it's actually <laughs> it technically been introduced in Star Wars oh before, God, but it's it's, so it's, funny. it's very clunky.
1: Yeah. Um, but he... The memes that came out of that oh my God. were so funny. Like, I, like, them like learning about force healing basically cancels out the entirety of Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, pretty much. Because it's like, oh yeah, we can just heal. Oh, she's gonna die. Yeah, we can just heal her. Just heal her. Yeah. Yeah, fine. Padme is gonna. Yeah, we'll just heal her after after she has her kids. Yeah, she's fine. It's fine. It's Anakin, all good. Don't worry about yeah, it. It's
0: all good. We'll just heal all these burns and regrow your limbs. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Like I, I did like that moment though when he realizes that he's going to give up the dark side and Han
1: reappears and like that. They, they, oh that was a shock because we even joked about that of like how much money do you think they'd have to pay for Harrison Ford to come back to this yes.
0: and I think the only reason he did it was because he knew that Kara Fisher wouldn't have been able to do it yeah and I think that's probably the main reason he would be willing to come back but he's he's great in that moment and that moment yeah. landed and yes I don't like when Ray like puts the lightsaber behind her hand I and, love that and Kyle able to grab it because it's the most absurd <laughs> thing they introduce but I will say that the scene of him actually um, like being now Ben solo and yield wielding Anakin's lightsaber and fighting the Knights of Ren, who are also just complete waste of that Batman whole entry. sequence.
1: Like I've seen a few people recut it. Uh, have and you have seen the one like,
0: hold, uh, recut to holding out for a hero. Yes. I was going to say, like
1: you can fit any 80s song behind there, like 80s power ballad behind that scene. And it plays out so well. It's so good with an 80s power. ball. no, wait, which one did you say? Holding out for a hero. Is that the same as the one from Shrek Two? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes. 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 It is. Mm-hmm. It's. I need a hero. hero. I'm holding out for, for a, a hero, hero till the morning light. And he's gotta he's be
0: strong, strong. And, and he's, he's gotta, gotta, gotta be fast, and he's gotta be fresh from the fight. God, that's such a good song. <sighs> Bonnie Tyler, amazing. Um, no, but like Fairy Godmother,
1: what a what a performer. Yeah,
0: no, I know. But no, no, this movie just like. It, it makes no sense. It's sloppy filmmaking all the way through. It's super rushed. None of it is of any consequence. Um,
1: oh, and then the kiss. Oh, oh my God. Oh, yeah, the the, the, the,
0: the, the Ray Kylo
1: kiss got oh, man. audible laughs our, across our the entire theater, theater. Yeah. That was the most uncomfortable I've felt in the theater in a while. Yeah. That was so funny.
0: It, it's just... There are so many things they, they could have done better. Like I think it would have been way more interesting if not every Death Star had a fucking canon that de- like Death Star canon on the bottom of it which also how did that get built when it's on this super remote planet that no one can find on, that apparently only Palpatine and a bunch of Sith ghosts live on Yeah. Um but like, I think it would be more interesting if it was just like at a, a leftover empire fleet and it was the rebels and the first order racing to see who could get a hold of it because it would tip the tide of the war. Yeah. So much simpler. But I, uh, we're we're going to rewrite this whole thing. Yeah. We're going to we're going to figure out how to rewrite this trilogy. I think if you have Kylo have to go to the resistance after he turns and basically ask for their help slash offer to help them to go save Ray. Then it makes him way more interesting because as it is, basically the only person who knows he gets redeemed is Ray, who's the only person who would have any interest in him redeeming. And so it doesn't have any sort of weight because he yeah. dies anyways. Let's
1: also not forget that uh, Hux was a spy the whole time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Donald Gleason, you're too good for this movie. You, I mean, you were too good of an actor for what they gave you there are in this movie many people who are too good for this movie. Yeah. But
0: uh, overall, it was. That was it, the,
1: like, I, I think that was a moment in the theater that everyone should have laughed. Yeah. Like, I'm the spy. Ugh. It's like, no, you're not.
0: But I, I will say,
1: despite all that, it was. You were on set for a day.
0: <laughs> a, a day, <laughs> Max. I'm very passionate about my
1: frustrations with it, but it was not the movie that made me the angriest. We will get to mine. Cameron, what was yours? Uh, I, I think you can, might be able to guess what mine would be. Uh, my my most angry movie this year. Now that you brought up Dumbo, Dumbo's up there. Yeah, Dumbo's, Dumbo's pretty pretty bad. probably number two. Dumbo's really bad. Number one is Lion King. Why? I think it was just a sh- like a horrible, shoddy remake of the original. Yeah, absolutely. And every scene, because it, it is shot for shot, the exact same part, the mm-hmm. exact same movie is is Lion King one, original Lion King. Mm-hmm. And every aspect of it is so much worse. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, just like. The whole time, I feel like I was just doing the the thing that like angry angry people do. Where it's like, oh, it's like, are you? Uh, uh, yeah. Are uh, you? Uh, uh, what are you doing? Uh, scoff. Yeah, yeah. Just like the entire time, I was just in that in that moment. It's like, come, on, just do it better. Just do it. Give them emotions. I know. It's so bad. Yeah. It's just it was so hollow. It's that just, that movie, I walked out so angry. Yeah.
0: I think mean, it's a very valid point. Mm-hmm. And it's it's disappointing too because stacked cast once again. And yeah. it looks gorgeous, but it's just boring at the same mm-hmm. time. And John Favre is a really great filmmaker and, and he wanted to do this sort of like National Geographic documentary style aesthetic which just then completely mutes all the fun and energy of the original. Yeah, especially when you do a shot for shot remake.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, also, yeah, Dumbo is 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 very very high up on that list too. Dumbo I, was it? first. Walking out of that theater. It's like why did I see this? Why did I? What am I doing so, here? I'm so bored. That whole thing is so bad. What is yours? Because I feel like there's something I'm missing and I can't think of it yet. So I have talked about a lot of movies that I found frustrating
0: and that just annoyed me on a filmmaking perspective. But the movie that actually made me genuinely upset and angry that it exists, but even more so that it was successful Joker.
1: Oh, that's right.
0: Because yep, yep, like, yep. I look, like, I'm frustrated with the Rise of Skywalker in terms of the choices they made. I'm also have those same frustrations with the Joker in a lot of ways. But I'm actually genuinely upset that movie was made ever in the first place and it was successful because I think it has absolutely horrible, problematic things to say about our society. And it does nothing to advance that conversation in a constructive way. If anything, it only just adds fuel to the horrible shitfire that is our world. Yeah. Absolutely. Not to, you know, make a too big of a deal out of it, but. I really, like, that movie genuinely really, really upset me. There are, like, from filmmaking perspective, things that I liked about it, I didn't put it as the worst, because we talked about it has some redeeming qualities in terms of, like, portraying a good Gotham, and it is a good portrayal of the Joker on screen. But, uh, yeah, like, I'm legitimately upset that movie exists. Mm-hmm. So. But, yeah, so uh, getting on a happier note then, Cameron, uh, what are some of your, well, we'll do this a little bit faster, like, what are some of your, your top TV shows of
1: the year? Uh, I I I feel like it's also not going to be any surprise, my, mm-hmm. my, my shows. I, I made my... I've I've tried to do a top nine. I'll just kind of pick pick a couple of these. Okay.
0: I'll just have you go through all yours and I'll go through all mine. Okay.
1: Um, one I'm I'm putting in the T V category because there were two and I feel like I'm seeing them as episodes and not not standalone docs. Okay. But the Firefest documentaries. Oh yeah. Those are good. Yeah. They're great. They're so funny. It's a shit show. Apparently they're trying to make a second Firefest like in twenty twenty one. Of course they are. Uh, and I can't wait. Umbrella Academy it's really up there. It's yeah. great. Uh, we talked about it a lot. The Politician. I oh, love The yeah, Politician. I didn't watch that. I heard it was good. Yeah, that was so good. Uh, the Boys, mm-hmm. talked about a lot already. Uh, and then the ones that pretty obvious. Mandalorian is number four for me. Uh, High School Musical, The Musical, The Series. <laughs> still got, That show is so much better than it deserves to be. I, look, I get on it. On so many levels. I get the it. The music... Uh, there's this they have like uh, they they basically do a cover of one song from the original musical, and then they'll do an original song for mm-hmm. every episode, and the original songs are so good, like they're just like like just true bops. Yeah. Uh, number two for me is Doom Patrol.
0: Oh, okay. Doom yeah. Patrol is great, and I'm, I'm
1: so excited for more of that madness. Mm-hmm. And then number one by a large margin, is The Imagineering Story. Okay, fair. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Have you watched it yet? Have you started it yet? I haven't. Man, it's... I know. I've been doing movie catch-up this last week. So I, I haven't I haven't told my Imagineering Story yet. Can I... No, go ahead. Yeah. Super quick. Yeah. Uh, when I was flying... I was uh, stuck in the madness of flying back to L.A. the day after Christmas, and flights were getting rerouted all over the place, and so I was stuck in Denver for a while. I was having a very bad travel day, and so I, I was, on one of my... New flights, so I had to kind of go through Phoenix. On one of my on my flight to Phoenix, there was this sweet old woman next to me uh, as I was re-watching the Imagineering story. Mm-hmm. And she kind of taps me on the shoulder. It's like, hey, do you mind turning on subtitles? I want to watch this too. Aww. And I'm like, oh, of course. Well, I was watching episode one. So yeah. it goes over the original rides of Disneyland. Uh, and I'm like, oh, absolutely. And so I, I turn on the subtitles and we watch a little bit more and it gets to the Pirates of the Caribbean section. And she leans over again. It's just like that was my favorite ride as a kid. I went to Disneyland like a year after that opened. Aww. And she was telling me her like the whole her whole first time going to Disneyland. Yeah. And it was so sweet. And I was in such an emotive state. <laughs> I was like, thank you for sharing your story.
0: It's the power of Disney.
1: Yeah. And I, I also fully understand the imagineering story is just Disney propaganda like yeah, turn to the everything highest level. Everything they put out is Disney propaganda. I know it is, and I eat it up. And you contribute to it. And I contribute to it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that if that show wasn't already number one, just that interaction because of the show like pushed it even further. Because that was the day I wasn't wearing any Disney uh, any Disney merch, which is very rare for me. We were you wearing Disney underwear? No. Disney socks? Nope. Wow, I am genuinely shocked here. Me too. So there was nothing about me that would scream Disney besides just my general personality. <laughs> uh, and so it's nice to like, still have those conversations when I'm not in uniform. In uniform? Yes. In uniform? This is this is not a uniform now. Hmm.
0: No. <laughs> it's not how uniforms work. On brand. Yes, there we go. Mm-hmm. You're not dressed on brand. Yes, as you absolutely
1: are now. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what are your top um, shows of this year?
0: So I'm going to throw out some honorable mentions here. Uh, Stranger Things, season three. Yep. I thought it was really, really fantastic. Much better than season two. Yeah. Uh, the Boys made my honorable mentions. Not quite cracked the top five. Loved The Boys. Uh,
1: the Good Place, which is not done yet. but I Yeah, I was trying to just put shows that were new in 2019. Yeah, But if fair. we were including recurring shows, yeah, Good Place is definitely top three. Yeah.
0: Um, I've just been really... Im- that show burns through story so quickly, and now it makes it hard for me to watch almost anything else now because, like, that's one of the part of the reasons I stopped watching Titans mm-hmm. was like this is just a f- every episode's a filler episode. Yeah, I I mean, if we're doing it.
1: dishonorable mentions, Titan Titans is high like up there four, three, two, and one.
0: Exactly. Uh, also, slight controversial choice here, but oh. I'm gonna throw an honorable mentions: Game of Thrones. Okay. I think there are some great episodes of that last season, some great moments in it Mm -hmm. too. And I actually like the final ending of it where everything comes to a close. I think that their path to get there was rushed and ineffective, Mm -hmm. but I don't actually have a huge problem with how it, like the ending, I have a problem with how it came to be. Yeah, Um, But I think there's, I think that's going to go down in infamy
1: and I think that's going to not give due credit to some of the good stuff that happened in that season. I agree. Yeah, because because people forget about, you know, episodes one, two, and three. Which were great. are great. Or great. Yeah. The the episode, I think it's three, is the episode of everyone preparing for death, basically. Oh, was one of the best episodes of yeah, the show. Yeah, that was amazing. Yeah. Brian gets knighted. Yeah. Um, what, uh, I mean, that that part of it. Uh, What's-His-Face sings that beautiful song. Oh, Podrick. Podrick sings his beautiful song. Mm. I still listen to the Florence Machine
0: version of that on a regular basis. It's a yeah, great song. man.
1: That episode is so good. No, it is really good.
0: I, I think it's worth acknowledging that a lot of that was still good despite the ending. Mm-hmm. Um, but my top five were uh, number five, Umbrella Academy. Yep. Which is just great, super fun, inventive. It's basically the X-Men show we always wanted. Yep. But more violent and ridiculous. Uh, the Dance in the Moonlight sequence It particularly really stands out for me. Which one? The Dancing the Moonlight sequence with... um. I can't remember their numbers, but it's the, the, the big, the big guy. Number one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the girl, um, not Ellen, Ellen Page, but five, five. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When they, um, like they have that kind of dreamy dance
1: sequence together. Okay. That was, really oh yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah uh that's great so, uh, I, I could only think of the i think we're alone now sequence oh that's which great is also a too. great, that's great really way good to too. start a show uh, also
0: the uh the fight all done to istanbul not like Constantinople. Yes. one of my favorites too. i Teleport. love that song i think that's number three right yeah uh and then like oh yeah like his episode like the the run boy run mm-hmm. great i mean gerard Butler not gerard butler gerard way mm-hmm. great musician yeah uh number four for me was Watchmen, which you haven't finished yet right? i haven't started yet it is really good i at some point, we'll have to do like a proper spoiler discussion on it. I'll wait until yeah. f- you've watched it. Obviously, I had quibbles about the the finale, but overall, I found that a very impressive. Oh, it's already over. Or yeah, season. It's over. season yeah, one? it was just okay. uh, uh, nine nine episodes. Okay, um, but I found it a really really great piece of television. Um, number three was The Mandalorian, mm-hmm. which I think the. Episodes four, five, and six kind of got a little slow and pointless, but it made up for it with seven and especially eight. Yeah. The last episode is really
1: fucking good. And how the entire internet turned on Jason Sudeikis immediately. Yes, I know. Well you don't immediately we oh, say what man, he does. So we will funny. not say what he does. For those who haven't seen it
0: yet, but uh yeah, you can't pull that sort oh, of shit. Yeah, in. the
1: second that scene started, I texted all of my Disney friends. I was just like, you guys are gonna hate yeah. Jason Sudeikis for the rest of your lives. Or
0: canceling Jason Sudeikis Yeah. for something a fictional character if it's did. Yeah. Uh number two for me. Harley Quinn. Great. Good choice. I was just watching the most recent episode uh, when you've gone here. That show makes me laugh out loud consistently. That show is great. It is super fun. It is so funny. I think it's incredibly inventive in how it approaches all the established characters and lore. Mm-hmm. I love their take on Jim Gordon, who's just this, like, yes. this broken wreck. Um, I love their version of Poison Ivy too. It helps that it's voiced by Lake Bell, who I mm-hmm. just adore. But this, she's like the voice of reason amongst this this band of morons. Uh, Alan Tudyk's Clayface, this like weird, over the top, terrible actor.
1: Yeah, <laughs> like the shot where he's like trying to be um, Zeus's son. Oh yeah, Maxi Zeus's son.
0: It's so it's so, it's.
1: you a spinning image of her. Yeah,
0: <laughs> and again, we 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 talked about how. Uh, we were both, myself especially, a little skeptical going in, but it has proven to be a genuine surprise and delight. And I really
1: they're handling it very well. Yeah. And I, and really I think it, love it. It, it is the right direction to go post Deadpool. Yeah, I'd agree with I, that. I feel like this is the successor to Deadpool right now.
0: Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I really, really enjoy it. I'm very excited for all the new episodes, and I, I
1: hope it gets a, a good long shelf life I think it's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and then and no, they're continuing to show that. Every other show besides Titans, they're doing so well.
0: Yeah, it's true.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're
0: doing, they're doing a pretty good job with DC Universe.
1: They're, yeah. they're pretty solid.
0: Um, and then for me, the number one is Fleabag.
1: Oh, yeah. I still need to watch Fleabag. Fleabag,
0: especially Fleabag season two, is maybe one of the greatest pieces of television I've ever seen in my entire life. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, in the same way that I will like, go to my grave talking about how great Booksmart is, I will be doing the same for Fleabag. Yeah. It is really, really fantastic. And it's uh, up on Amazon, so if you guys have not watched it, Highly recommend. Uh, I think I've said this before, but season one for me didn't quite live up to the hype maybe, but it's still quite good, especially towards the end. And then it's worth it because season two is fucking unbelievably good. Mm-hmm. And uh, I am very, very excited to see what more we get from Phoebe Waller-Bridge. So, uh, which actually takes us to one of our last two little sections here, what we're most excited for in 2020. Yeah. Cameron, uh, what are you <clears throat> most excited for this year in terms of... Let's. Uh, in terms of entertainment. Yes. Yeah. Pr- probably movie more specifically. I, I, I
1: just kind of focused on the movies. Yeah. I, I have three that kind of stand out in their kind of odd choices, I feel like. Okay. Uh, the obvious choice is Wonder Woman. Yeah. I think that's, for superhero films, that's my most anticipated by mm-hmm. far. Uh, and then the other two, uh, Scoob, <laughs> I really hope is good. The oh, yeah. The Scooby-Doo yeah, animated yeah. movie coming out. Uh, and then In the Heights. I think it's going to be great.
0: Yeah, I think mean, it's going to be good. The, the trailer looks random really, really, good, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And it's basically the same cast as Hamilton. Yeah, it looks so, really like, So all the voices are just going to be beautiful. Yeah. Good choices. Yeah. Very good choices. Mm-hmm. What about you? What, are you? what are you most excited for before we go into what we're least excited for.
0: Well, I was segueing it there because speaking of Phoebe Waller-Bridge, I am very, very excited to see what she does as a co-writer on Bond 25, a.k.a.
1: What? No Time to Die. You were excited about a Bond film? I There's know. A Bond film coming out? If,
0: uh, if we're going to continue to be cliches of ourselves, if uh, I'm just going to completely dive into full-on self-parody, yes, the movie I am hands down most excited for this year is No Time to Die. Mm-hmm. Which, to be fair... Hasn't always been the case. Like, I remember in 2015 when Spectre was coming out, I was actually more excited for Force Awakens. And what, was, what came out in 2015? I guess Age of Ultron came out in 2015 for the MCU. Uh, I was more excited for Force Awakens than Spectre. But yeah, I, I cannot wait for that movie. I just re Skyfall the other night with uh, our friend and former guest CJ. He came over and we watched it together. Great. That movie was a fucking masterpiece. And God damn it, am I pumped yeah. for some more Bond here. Uh, The final film from Daniel Craig as
1: James Bond. Cannot wait for it. All right. Oh, I forgot. There's there's one other movie I forgot about. Oh, yeah. What? Uh, Disney's movie coming out next year called Raya and the Last Dragon.
0: Oh, yeah. We Uh, haven't had any
1: promotion for it yet publicly, but they showed maybe five or six minutes of it at at D23.
0: Wait, did you you go to D23? Have I not talked about D23 yet? No, I don't think you have. Should we dedicate like an hour and a half podcast to it?
1: Yeah. So D23 Expo is this amazing event that happens every (laughs) other year in Anaheim. Yeah. Uh, Cut forward to the end of this tangent <laughs> arc, and and uh, Rayo looks amazing. It's this super badass warrior trying to find the last dragon in, in her world. Dragon voiced by Aquafina. I'm here. Yeah, here for it. That sounds amazing. Mm-hmm.
0: All right. The, the The very last thing here, close out our 2019 year in review podcast. Uh, 2020 has started. It is impending. Cameron, what is the one thing that you are concerned
1: about entertainment wise. Okay, entertainment-wise, because I have yes. a lot of other things uh, I'm concerned many about. Many other
0: concerns, but we are gonna keep this very, very shallow and yep. just talk about distracting pop culture entertainment.
1: Uh well there so there's two movies that I'm I'm hesitant to put as my most uh concerning movies because there's a chance they might not even come out because mm-hmm. they've been pushed for so long already. There's uh, one of them new mutants. One of them is new mutants yes. which are supposed to come out in May. Yeah. And the other one is Artemis Fowl. Oh, fuck. That's right. That's done, too. It's like, been done since last February. Yeah. That's probably not going to be very good. Yeah. Dis- Fair,
0: the trailer did not make it look very good either.
1: Uh, unfortunately, Disney's streak of live action films, have out, out even outside of their remakes, have not been good for a while. Nope. Uh and this is one that I think will continue that streak. I absolutely agree with you on that. Mm-hmm. Mm. If we even see, if it. we even ever see either it. of them, yeah. What? Like, so they have the
0: vault for like the classic stuff. They want to try and create a scarcity to drive up demand. What do you think they call like the what rather like dirty Footlocker they hide movies in? They don't want to show. Oh, it's the like the Disney dungeon, the Disney cupboard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> The Disney cupboard under the stairs, yeah. where they've been hiding both Artemis
1: Val and New Mutants. Yeah, it's on like it's there's, there's like five shelves, yeah. and then the very top just pushed in the corner, like <laughs> behind the Christmas decorations. Yeah. There's like a few Halloween things. Yeah, there's like the Thanksgiving salt and pepper shaker. It's like we'll just tuck it in back it's there. Back
0: there, we don't. We won't even worry about that. Yeah.
1: Oh uh, yeah, I'm very skeptical about those. Yeah. Uh,
0: for me, it's Birds of Prey.
1: Yeah, yeah, you, you were very hesitant about that movie I'm very hesitant, I want it to be good So do I I like Birds of Prey, I like Black Mass, I like that cast mm-hmm. But we've been burned We've been burned I would say one, two, six too many times now Yeah, pretty much every time And
0: um, I'm just very, very skeptical about it I'm not, I'm not super digging the vibe of the whole thing mm-hmm. And I think it's going to be yet again another DC film That's going to be trying really hard to, quote unquote, not be a superhero movie Yeah and uh, I don't think it's really good. So.
1: But we will see. But we shall see. If we make it that far in if, this world. That's true. If we live long enough till
0: I think, February 7th is when <laughs> it's supposed to come out. <laughs> Next if, month. If, if we can make it even a month, we shall find out. Uh, but, as always, thank you, everyone, for listening. Mm-hmm. would love to hear what some of your favorite movies of 2019 were, what you're looking forward to in 2020. And uh, if you also have a few things you're maybe a little bit skeptical about. Yeah. Uh, and if any of you are skeptical about No Time to Die, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> you can stay away from my blind optimism on that one. You can one. share
1: it to me, and then I'll share it with Chris later.
0: Nope. Won't even look at it. Pretend it doesn't exist. Yep. Uh, but you can find us at Tim TalkBot on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Gamal. hmm You can find me. Gamal Najiani. Gamal Najiani, who is now ripped as fuck. Yeah, he is. Uh, I mean, I've always found him... Attractive, just because he's so damn charming. But mm-hmm. now he's also like smoldering ripped. hot too. He's ripped, and I am here for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, never been so jealous of Emily V. Gordon in my life, and I have been jealous of her many, many times. She's great. She is great. God, I love her. Just her, her talent. I miss her. I miss her Mel charm, time. all of it, but especially now, mm-hmm. that sweet, fine husband of hers. Yes.
1: Uh, but Cameron, where can they find you? Uh, if you want to see my art, you can find that at Cameron.dexter And if you want to see my face, you can find that at Camdexter underscore Adventures. On Instagram and only Instagram. Fuck all other socials.
0: Fair enough. Uh, Yeah. You you can find me at Lordifer on Instagram and pretty much never on Twitter. Great.
1: But thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks, guys. Happy 2020. Happy 2020. Don't burn or die or get drafted into a war. Yeah, hopefully. (laughs) Bye. Bye. (laughs)